Hey everyone, this is Anais, your Curious Recruiter, back from a super long podcasting hiatus. So yeah, it feels like ages since I posted the last podcast episode. It was about three months ago. And for a self-proclaimed perfectionist who likes to stick to established weekly publishing habits, it's, well, suboptimal. But hey, it's okay to take time for yourself when the situation calls for it and to simply prioritize other things. And for those who have been following me more closely, on LinkedIn that is, you know that back in June, so about four months ago, I joined the hashtag Startup Life at Pitch. It's um, really an amazing company whose mission it is to reinvent the old, boring PowerPoint or Google Slides by just building a presentation tool that's fun and easy to use. And most importantly, it's a tool that has maximum impact for minimum effort. But hey, I'm kind of biased here, so I'll shut up. But anyway, the point that I'm making is that those four months were, well, interesting to say the least. First of all, there were lots of new things to discover. A new company, new ways of working, new tools, but also a whole new exciting mission that I couldn't wait to start contributing to. But as I like to say, working both in the big corporates and in a startup is like a cake eating competition. There's really always more work to do, so much that it could actually keep you busy 24-7. And well, it's a common trap for people with drive and ambition to fall into and to end up putting in a lot of hours, more than what is actually expected of you. And obviously that's not what we want. After all, your time is limited, so you have to make the right prioritization and set up the right habits to make sure that you don't drown in work, literally. So I think that four months into working with Pitch and discovering the joys of Slack, Notion, and way more fluid and agile ways of working, compared to my previous employers, Amazon and Facebook at least, I can tell that my productivity and prioritization skills really improved. And without wanting to put myself on a pedestal, those skills were already pretty good to begin with. So I thought, hey, why not share some of those skills or learnings with you now in case you're curious? And that's exactly what you'll get right after the intro. So if you want to find out some of my hard-earned learnings, just stay put. So I guess my first tip is that you should always set up your workspace. I'm sure you've all heard about William McRaven, the ex-Navy admiral, telling you to start the day by making your bed. Now for him, it's about starting the day with a completed task. For me, it's even more. For me, it's about setting up your workspace and your surroundings for success. Well, especially if your bed is actually your surroundings when you're working from home. Can you seriously be okay with working next to an unmade bed? Okay, let me put it differently. You can start cooking in a kitchen that's still full of dishes and leftovers from the meal you prepared before. I mean, technically you can, but it's just gonna be a nightmare. And you can start filing documents when you don't know which structure you'll actually use for the filing. So anyway, my point is not about cleaning your desk every morning when you go to work or to your home office, although I guess it's a good tip. Can I take a couple photos of your desk? I wanna submit them to organizers quarterly. But it's more about making sure that you have all the tools to go about your workday the right way. So have your program set up and ready to use, whether that's your calendar or your email. Have your to-do list ready to use and to work with, whether it's a paper-based list or an app like Todoist or even your project management software. And more importantly, have it set up correctly. 
What I mean by that is that you should try to use each tool with its full potential to unlock your own full potential. You know, folders, tags, priority settings, and all these things, for example, they're not just superfluous functions. They take a little time to get the hang off and you actually have to set them up. So take that extra 5, 10, 15 minutes to do it and actually learn to get a hang of them. But once they become part of your routine, they're just the bomb and they save so much time and effort. And yeah, I gotta love productivity tools. At least I know I do. I know, I'm sorry. I'm just so amped up about admin. Now my next tip is that you should always try to challenge the status quo. Don't just go about your day the way that you go about your day all the time. Try to improve and automate where you can. Because you might find yourself doing cumbersome tasks and not actually noticing just how cumbersome they are because, well, they're kind of part of you now. So what you need to do is to spend some time to sit down and reevaluate your life, girl. I mean, your processes. And just improve them wherever you can. So yeah, you might actually spend one hour or two. Or a whole day just improving something that you know has been sort of what you've been working with the whole time but the return on investment here is sometimes tenfold that so here are some silly examples from my life so at pitch we work with greenhouse ats applicant tracking systems for those who are not recruiters and yeah some recruiters who know greenhouse very well would say Ugh. But I actually quite started liking it for its fungibility and yeah, but it's probably something we can discuss another day if you guys are interested. But anyway, in Greenhouse, like in many ATSs, you have templates for emails and confirmations and just about anything. And of course, you can adapt them. So our original messages when I first joined Pitch were pretty okay. They were, they were nice. But in the end, I just found myself adapting them more often than just using them as is. So with every adaptation, it took me about two to three minutes to actually get an email or a confirmation out to a candidate for a volume of at least yeah, 10 to 15 emails a day. So take that times three, that's almost a whole hour. So yeah, it took us a couple of hours maybe to come up with alternative templates, uh, more general all-purposey templates, and I guess some additional special case templates, but it was so worth it. I can now do the same thing in just one click rather than, you know, having to spend three minutes adjusting a template. So again, super mega win. And another example touches on reporting. So I would pull reportings manually, you know, from different sources and collate the data manually, obviously, on a regular basis once a week. So not only have I been through hell, I was assistant manager there. I still really don't know why I did that for such a long time. But, you know, finally, I just decided I was going to spend an entire morning building a spreadsheet that would import the most up-to-date data in just one click and do the relevant calculations and graphs via pivot just automatically in one click. I think that was really three hours well spent versus having to live with the weekly one-hour reporting block that I put in my calendar and that I really, really hated. Now, pulling reportings for recruiting has become a piece of cake, and that's just wonderful in my book. 
My third tip here has got to do with instant messaging. So it <laughs> took me a while to get there, uh, but you really have to control your instant messaging app, whatever you're using. So this is my guide to optimizing Slack, which is what we use at Pitch. Um, I mean, Slack has become mega popular over the last years, uh, but for me, it was really new and it took some time getting used to. So I'll share with you now how I have optimized Slack for my use, but those tips are valid for those of you using any other IM platform, like for example, Facebook Workplace, which I used to use obviously at Facebook or Microsoft Link, which I guess is now Skype, you know, any other IM platforms, those tips will obviously help. Um, and yeah, I could do a full episode on Slack, but for the sake of this one, I'll just give you my main key learnings. The first one is that you just have to start by optimizing your notification settings. If you come into an established organization, you'll have tons of channels you kind of have to be in, but not all of them will, you know, bring relevant content for you um, to the table, anything that you have to immediately action on. So just go ahead. Don't be scared. Start by muting all the channels that are not directly relevant to you, but keep that setting active where direct mentions of you and or the entire channel still triggers notification. That way you just won't get crazy annoying pop-ups all the time, but still see new activity if you wish to check it out. Then what I highly recommend is that you go ahead and take a little bit of time to rearrange your group chats or any sorts of channels in the left-hand side panel. I, for example, have a folder with team conversations that is really, really on the top of the panel, obviously, and another folder with hiring channels where my hiring managers, you know, give me updates and I give updates to them. Uh, that's obviously something that was a legacy pitch, but this is just the way that I felt um, was great for really prioritizing the channels I want to keep a direct eye on. Then. I have really started to set myself reminders because I realized I was often reading messages on the go and then I just plainly forgot them because, you know, I, they were on red. So there was nothing really notifying me um, that there was an action item. Anyway, to avoid this, I hit right click on the message and I asked the bot to notify me. Uh, so I just don't forget it. So either I trigger notification for the same day in a couple of hours when I have some more free time um, or the next day, whenever it works, you can definitely schedule that notification. Also, in that same vein, I use the threats page very, very often. My big issue in the beginning was to just simply lose track of threat replies. I don't know if you have the same problem, but for me, this was huge. Um, so now I regularly check the threats page to review um, previous active threats and make sure that there's no new activity that I might have missed or had to get back to. And yeah, one thing um, I've really, really gotten into using is emojis. Um, you don't have to waste your time writing crazy responses, you know, crazy long sentences. A simple pray emoji to say thanks or check mark emoji to just let people know that you've completed something. It goes a long way and it saves a lot of time. Because I'm civilized. Less talky talk, more solvey solve. So your organization might not be that emoji or reactions driven. But thankfully, pitch is and it's so refreshing. I got used to those emojis and those reactions that I now miss those on tools like WhatsApp. Like, I wish I could just send someone an OK or a thanks or whatnot. Anyway, yeah. And the last tip around Slack is um, more of a mindset than a hack, but it goes like this. Don't feel like you have to answer unless it's a matter of life or death. 
People should understand that even though that tool is called Instant Messenger, it doesn't mean that the response is immediate and that the reader should reply within seconds of seeing the message. One thing I really love and appreciate about Slack is that it has no red receipts. This does so much to my psyche. I feel comforted that unless a message calls for an urgency, I can take my time to get back to it in my own time. Yeah, so those were my Slack tips. I hope they were helpful. Next up, calendars. Use them, abuse them, misuse them. No, probably not the latter. Anyway, I've said it before on other episodes and I will say it again. Your calendar is your best friend in your work life. Use the day view and use it often, but even better, keep the work week view on at all times just to figure out what that week's going to look like and see where you can optimize for time. And if you're in a situation where loads of people schedule meetings with you, just block off your calendar at times that you're not available or build in recovery times between each meetings whenever you can. So it's really important that every morning you check, okay, what's my day going to look like? Where can I make sure I can put myself some breathing blocks in? And a great solution for that is Calendly. So if many candidates, in my case, for example, or any sort of external people schedule time with you, this app, this link offers them time slots based on your calendar and based on your preferences. For example, you can tell it to not schedule before 10 or after 5 p.m. or to not offer slots in specific days that you tell it to, right? Or you can limit the amount of meetings in a day to a specific numbers. Or you can add time buffers between meetings. It's just such a relief. And yeah, taking the time to configure this takes all of 15 minutes and, you know, it's giving you unlimited enjoyment. By the way, this is not an ad. I am on Calendly through my company's pro plan, so I don't actually pay for it myself, but I did use Calendly's free version for scheduling coaching sessions. And yeah, it was great. So no need to go all out. And if you don't want to add a plugin like that to your tool arsenal, really blocking out your calendar with blocks is the way to go. Now, speaking of blocks, well, I've spoken about blocks many, many times before, but essentially I use them for two things. I use small 30 minute blocks to block out action items for my to-do list. For example, I'll put myself a block to reject a specific candidates or um, to write a role specification or to do some scheduling work. You know, it's a great way to organize my time and to just make sure it's not taken up by anyone else. Or option number two is just blocking out huge chunks of four to five hours off as so-called focus time. Yay, so focus blocks for the win. I mean, when your calendar is an open book to anyone, you run the risk of being all booked out and then you have no means to actually do some of your admin work or worse, deal with any sort of last minute fires. So the amount of unexpected and sometimes urgent stuff that gets thrown at you can sometimes be pretty high, can pile up and you just don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're locked away on calls and just unable to deal with that. So that's why I went ahead and simply, you know, made it my routine to block out about three, if not four full afternoons per week for so-called focus time. I mean, depending on what works best for you, you can make it a midday or you can make it mornings. That doesn't matter. Anyway, you think that those blocks are, you know, just a cushy way for me to have some chill afternoons. But yeah, that's where you're totally wrong. They're usually mega busy afternoons. I usually have super intense mornings of calls, 
by design, by choice. Um, and then I'm left, you know, having to type up feedback or arrange candidates' next steps or handle my internal stakeholders and hiring managers. So that's essentially what those blocks are for. They're also the reason I can jump on impromptu calls with stakeholders or candidates when, you know, they need it, when it's like last minute. And I'm just able to get, you know, get shit done right away. So I use these precious time blocks for the most time-sensitive calls, like for example, offer extensions or really anything that needs to move fast. It's, yeah, those blocks have been lifesavers for me. So while you think that these blocks make me less flexible, it's actually quite the contrary. They make sure that I'm available and can be as flexible as possible in getting my stuff done. Now, let's continue a little bit on that uh, blocking of time ramp that I've been on for the last couple of minutes. Um, And my next tip would be to make time for projects. It's super important to do your day job, but probably even more so to break the routine and work on things that stimulate your little neurons in, you know, just a different way. It also heightens your sense of purpose because really nobody wants to get stuck doing the same tasks over and over again. For me, for example, as a recruiter, that's screening, scheduling, rating, rejecting, making offers, rinse, repeat. So that's really pretty dull in the long run. So what I've done, actually quite successfully even, is to make every Friday afternoon in my schedule a dedicated project afternoon. So I keep a list of projects handy, which I add new items to every day almost. And on Friday, whenever that day comes around, I choose whatever project I feel motivated enough to pick up. So maybe one Friday, it's a big and impactful thing I'm working on, like the reporting I mentioned earlier. And on another Friday, it's maybe just a couple of small fixes that take me no longer than 20, 30 minutes each. Um, Those are low-hanging fruits, but they're improvements nonetheless, and they just make you feel so much more productive. Um, Yeah, like you've achieved so much more than just your day-to-day regular recruiter routine. That's why we do this, sir. For praise? Uh... Now on to my next tip. And we're still on the scheduling thing here. Um, I'm just not going to let you off the hook that easily. So that tip would be about building personal time into your schedule for automatic breaks. Whether you're already back to working in the office or still stuck in your home office, make sure you get up your chair. You know, at some point when you've been set for too long, you've got your eyes and your neck that start hurting and you kind of feel more and more annoyed and triggered by things or at least more easily than usually. Well, yeah, I certainly do. So I make sure to break up work regularly. So sometimes I have an afternoon break to go for a quick grocery shopping run. Yeah, I do that. Or I make time for what we call coffee and cake with my significant other. And yeah, you can replace cake with pretty much anything sweet we have in the house at that point in time or maybe I would make some time to um, you know put in a quick stroll outside with the dogs so that can be any duration ranging from 20 to 30 minutes to even an hour or more Um, all the so-called distractions serve two great purposes they air your brain it's almost like a mental nap that helps your brain rest for a bit and then just you know be back in the game stronger And they also energize you by just, you know, moving parts of your body. They're not just your mouse clicking and tippy typing fingers, right? So those distractions are actually beneficial distractions, right? And yeah, just don't think that I'm skipping on work. Yeah, I'm coming back later, more energized than before and with higher productivity. That means that I actually get more done in less time. So we're all good in my book, right? 
All right, so last but not least, I've got a very special tip for you and I'm not quite sure how you're gonna take it, but I'm gonna put it out there, throw it out there no matter what. It's a little work from home tip. Um, and that would be showing up to Zooms the way that you would showing up to work. Okay, let me explain. After a year working from home, I started having absolutely no qualms showing up to quote unquote work, in other words, my home office, with, you know, ratty hair, no makeup, mega comfy clothing. And, you know, in hindsight, this was actually a good thing because I used to be very appearance driven. You know, I used to come to the office with full makeup and I used to have at least 10 different pairs of high heels stuck on, you know, underneath my desk to put on because, you know, I like to, I like to dress up for work and becoming more and more okay with just, you know, showing up as myself to work without putting on that extra, like, you know, that face as you could call it was also a good thing. Now, while I still do it, occasionally from time to time uh, because really uh, I'm totally on team casual if that's what you're comfortable with I still think that there's something to be said about putting in maybe an additional five to ten minutes to your get ready routine each morning for example on specific mornings I just feel like I want to do my hair maybe try a new hairdo and probably fail at it or put on those earrings I haven't worn for a while and maybe the next day I want to do a different type of makeup something quick but still cute you know or um you know I want to wear that really cool dress I love that I haven't worn in ages so yeah no one will see that dress over zoom and my makeup also pretty much goes unnoticed with my crappy internet connection over zoom but I don't know it's just doing something to me, it makes me a little bit more energized. It feels like I've prepared for something um, that I'm showing up to with a purpose. Um, so yeah, I think that routine and comfort is great. Uh, definitely, it's a good thing to have. But self-care, even if it sometimes or actually most of the time challenges your carefully built routine, is really wonderful. And yeah, it goes a long way. And that's, again, coming from someone who indulged into a bubble bath for the first time in two years about a week ago and loved it. Although for the longest time, I thought that bubble baths were just, you know, biggest waste of time. Oh, turns out it's not the case. And again, maybe for you, self-care can be something completely different. Maybe that's making that time to show up to your yoga mat in the morning or doing those 15 minutes of meditation or listening to that audiobook for 15, 20 minutes or to that blink, whatever it is, you know, um, take that time for yourself uh, to make you feel prepared and ready to start the day at work. Yeah. So self-care, no matter what that looks like to you, is 100% worth it. Three words for you. Treat yourself. All right, everyone. I think I'm through with all these tips that I've sort of collected over the course of the last four months, and I hope that they're useful. Uh, maybe some of them are just, you know, stuff that you've actually done already way before I came up with them, for sure. I'm definitely not reinventing the wheel here, but I can tell you, I do think I have somewhat struggled um, moving from a very established corporate to a uh, more agile and more fast-moving startup. Um, struggled not in a bad way, but in a way that I had to sometimes question um, the way that I was doing things up until now and had to find alternative ways and perhaps smarter ways of doing things. And that's good, right? You want to be challenged every day. So sorry for those of you who think that this is like 
old news. I completely hear you. Could be. Uh, but for me, it's nevertheless, it's it's been new learnings. And I hope that anyone here who's listening right now can at least take one or two things away and say, okay, maybe I should try this. Anyway, you already know my spiel. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this. If there's things that you do differently, if there's things that you do on top of that, feel free to share with me what has worked for you so I can share it back to others. Um, I could make tons of episodes about productivity over and over again. So yeah, this is probably not the last episode that I will share around productivity and workday hacks. As you know, um, we evolve and so do our workways, our ways of working. So stay tuned. I hope you like this content. I'll try to bring more content to the table in a more regular fashion now. I hope the next podcast episode is not going to be in three or four months. Um, hopefully in the next two to three weeks, I've got a couple of things lined up for you. Um, again, thoughts, comments, concerns, always welcome. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having you back for the next episode. Take care, guys.